You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You see him come off the line of scrimmage with that little hop step. Off the line of scrimmage. Release off the line of scrimmage. Dick to the face mask as he's coming off the line of scrimmage. Watch him just slow play this off the line of scrimmage. It's all the release off the line of scrimmage. Yo, what's going on, people? It's Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast with another episode. We are on episode 93. On this episode, we'll be briefly touching on what happened in week nine. We'll talk about week 10 matchups and burning questions that we have. And then we'll t- talk about the another lowly Thursday night football game uh, that we have to discuss. So, Ike, how you doing? How you feeling? I know we, uh, we're we going to talk about that Cowboys-Eagles game. Yeah, it's hard to believe we're already in week 10, man. We, the, like, the season is just flying by like too fast. Way too fast. Way too damn fast. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to talk about the Cowboys game really quick, like that was a hell of a game. Obviously, we we weren't. We weren't pleased with the outcome. We weren't pleased with how the game turned out. There was a lot of opportunities for the Cowboys to win, but from a fantasy perspective, you got you, you got the, your your marquee players doing their thing. You know, Jalen Hurts did his thing. Had a touch push touchdown, a couple of touchdown passes. AJ Brown continuing his his hot streak, although he the, the streak was over in terms of one hundred twenty five yards. So we 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 were yeah, able to sure that was. down. But he still got he still got his from a fantasy perspective. Devontae Smith had made an appearance. And now on the Cowboys side, Dak Prescott, who continues to torch the Eagles. I think the last like two or three games yep. played the Eagles. He's had over three hundred plus yards and over three touchdowns. So it's just, you know, it's like seven on seven for, for Dak whenever he plays the Eagles. He just open receiver here, open receiver here. But the open receiver that he had most of the game was CD Lamb. CD Lamb is just on a on on a tear. I know I, I've I've talked no, I've talked at nauseum about AJ Brown, but man, CeeDee Lamb, he's man. he needs to get some consideration as one of the top receivers in the man. league, at least in the top five. I mean, I know he's top five in receiving yards, but he's just on man. a tear. He's like number one over the last like month or so, he's number one in wide receiver production, obviously, and and wide receiver usage. And so he's just he's just in God mode. He's absolutely in God mode now. And then with the Cowboys passing the ball a lot more. And, you know, over the last five games, their pass rate over expected is fourth. They're they are they are turning up and they are turning up at the right time. So now, yeah, obviously they didn't get the win, but from a fantasy perspective, Dak Prescott he's getting boosted. Obviously, Ceedee Lamb, Jake Ferguson, Jake Ferguson at tight end, like he is emerging. He's emerging. The only the only guy that's really tripping on the offense is is Tony Pollard, and he can't find any running lanes to to to, to run through. Can't break tackles. 
So he had the touchdown that caught back. He he would have scored a touchdown, but of course, the infamous holding call. Yeah, phantom holding call. No, no, no. It wasn't even a holding call. It was a. Uh, it was a. Oh, the legal formation. Yeah, legal formation. The lineman didn't. Talk, he didn't tell. He didn't check in with the ref. He didn't check in. Like how, how ridiculous is that? Are you Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Oh man! But hey, uh, so quick, but, so quick, so quick stat to add on onto CD just to you know just to you know top everything else that he's been doing. Um, I think in terms of man coverage, I know the Giants play man coverage over fifty one percent of the time, and since week six, CD Lamb is. Oh, what, 5.5 yards per route run? I so, literally was going to – that was a no. – <laughs> Seriously. So hey. We saw the yeah, same so, thing. Yeah. So yeah, shout-out to, shout to D-Bro for that for that D, stat, man. Yeah, D-Bro was good. But, yeah, I, I was Crazy. getting to say that, man. He is, like – he's he's ripping up whoever whoever he's lined up across. And one thing I'm, I'm liking about how the Cowboys are using him, they're, they're moving him around. Like, yep. move, you move him around. You don't let the – defenders get 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 their hands on him he gets pretty much uninterrupted releases and so although you know at the line of scrimmage he can still make you know he can still make defenders miss and still uh and still route you up so whenever he gets that you know the full the, the running head of steam and he's just like a, a top tier route runner yeah look out man he's 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 cooking he's cooking so you know he's number one in yards per route run you know since, since week six Again, five point five yards per route run is, is absolutely absurd, and he's obviously number one in uh, twenty yard receptions as well, and second in catch rate. So, man, like he mm. is turning up, and I and yeah. I was trying to get him in a couple leagues, but the fantasy managers weren't budging. They weren't nah, budging at all. N- nope. And I, I, I tried to actually. <laughs> you know what's funny is like I tried to actually get him before the before the Rams game. So right after they came out from the bye week, I was trying to get him then, but. And his yeah, price man. was you know, a little lower, but now it's just it's it's sky high, yeah. and there's it's there's there's no way you can acquire him in fantasy. <laughs> there's no way. Yeah. Is there any other games you want to talk about before we you know start getting into these burning questions? I know there was there was a few games that really surprised me in terms of in terms of like being a really good watch, and then a bunch of other ones that were just washed by, by before you got to halftime. How about that Texans Bucks game though, man? Like there was just the second half. There were points. Just no, well, actually no. I mean, the like they they started the scoring out of the gate. I think at the end of you know, the midway through the second quarter, it was like yeah, 17, yeah. 14. So yeah, they were scoring. Right. They were scoring early and often. But man, like that last five minutes of the game, back and forth, back and forth, and then CJ Stroud <laughs> just turned up and yeah, almost five hundred yards and five touchdowns. He had three hundred yard receivers. Like that was a fantasy football man. dream, fantasy football utopia. That game was. If you stack that game in DFS, you probably made a lot of money. I, yeah, yeah. I'm sure the Millie Maker, whoever whoever won the Millie Maker that week, had a lot of bucks. Had a lot. Had, sorry, had a lot of Texans, and then had probably had Rashad White to um, as the bring back. Sorry, because you because yeah. whenever you're stacking a game, you got to have a bring back, and he was probably the lone bring back. Because I don't think anybody in Tampa Bay. Well, uh, yeah, who, Evans, uh, Kate Otten, Kate Otten, Kate oh, Otten yeah, 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 Kate Otten. Did, yeah, you're right. So he was he probably they, they, who knows the person probably. You know, had Dalton Schultz at tight end and flex Kate Otten or something like that. <laughs> you know, you know how these you know how these random lineups are, are made and then people just end yeah. up. So, but yeah, man, that that was the that was the other game that that you know surprised me and also the Vikings Falcons game that was a surprisingly good game. Two backup quarterbacks, Josh Dobbs, tw- you know, forty eight hours 
uh, as as a Viking and didn't Knew know no the, plays, didn't didn't know any plays, didn't know the the names of the players he was actually throwing the ball to. It mm. was it it turned out to be a pretty exciting early slate because like um you know the like the game like the games on paper we talked about how ugly the slate was, mm-hmm. but it turns out like <laughs> the, the 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 games that were supposed to be really really good outside of the Cowboys Cowboys Eagles. Like the Chiefs, the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs Dolphins game wasn't really good. That was that was it was twenty one nothing, right? That game yeah. wasn't good. That game wasn't good. And you know, if you're if you're betting on those 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 London games or those overseas games, those are just like donations because they you, you can't you can't really get get a good handle on how do, how those players are going to do. But yeah, you know that you know, the the marquee games that we circled. I mean, the the only really really good game was the Cowboys Eagles. I mean, you can't say the Bengals Bills game was good because that wasn't good. I mean, it was it was an okay game. We saw T. Higgins had to have a have a bounce back, and Joe Burrow continued his his hot streak. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a, a surprising some some games pretty pretty much surprised us in week yeah. nine. Yeah, definitely. Uh, nope. Let's go ahead and get into these week ten burning questions and matchups. So the first game I want to touch on is San Francisco minus three on the road. Game total of 46 and a half versus Jacksonville. It's, it should be interesting because Jacksonville's defense has been surprisingly, like, I think sneakily pretty good this season, which has helped them because their offense has been really, you know, hit or miss. Some weeks, some weeks you, you you get a good T-Law. Next week you get T-Lawful. So it's just, <laughs> so it just depends. And then on the other side, you got San Francisco who's on a, been on a, a little losing streak. And you know the highlight that Brock, straight, three straight games, but yeah, and and then the, to highlight that you got Brock Purdy, he's been not good uh, during that streak, also. But you know, just to put things in perspective in terms of how these teams are faring so far, Jacksonville is number six in, in pass rate over expected. San Francisco is third in EPA per play, and then the Jacks' defense is third in EPA per play allowed, and then San Francisco's defense is tenth in EPA play allowed. So. Should be very interesting. Minus three probably sounds about right because they're getting everybody back. You got Debo, you got uh, Debo that's coming back for this game also, and I believe the Jags defense play a lot of zone. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a zone team. Yeah, they're a zone team, and I believe this is a great matchup for Debo uh, because he's a guy that can catch the ball in space and he's hard to tackle once he gets going. So I think this is a game for him to you know. Know, get reacclimated into the offense, and but I do believe we should see some points because San Francisco's defense you can you can throw on them uh, for sure. So I think we should be able to see some points in this game. Yeah, they're they're, they're not as daunting as as you know as as one would be led to believe. You know, there 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 have been teams that have have had success against the 49ers the secondary once they get past that defensive line because the defensive yeah. line is what makes things a lot difficult on on quarterbacks. Like once they get home, they get home. But if they don't. That secondary can be food, right? Their secondary can be food. It's, they're they're kind of similarly built like uh, like the Eagles, you know. That front seven, they'll get a lot of sacks if they get home. They'll make they'll make life like life difficult on quarterbacks. But if they don't get home, quarterbacks will stand Ooh. in that pocket all day and just tart and just 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 fire away and carve them up, as we yeah. as we've seen most of the season. But the one yeah. thing that I want to I, I want to see is is Brock Purdy bounce back. I know he's he's third in fantasy points per you know per, per drop back right now, and you know he's you know in his fourteen starts he's scored over 30, 30 points in ten of them. And so like I, I think over the last three games though he's been very 
he's been he's been pretty bad. Three touchdowns, five interceptions, three game losing streak. So whenever they're having to have Brock Purdy put a you know put a lot more on his plate, he hasn't. I mean, mm-hmm. he hasn't answered the bell. Yeah, I mean that those are the facts, right? Those are the facts. So that's that's one thing that I'm looking for, looking to see if he can if he can bounce back and if he can um, you know he'll he'll finally have you know Debo Samuel back. He'll finally have a full arsenal, and fi- you know in this is a potential bounce back spot. But the Jags defense are pretty tough. So this this will be uh, an intriguing game on a multitude of levels for me. Switching gears, I want to talk about the, the Texans and the Bengals because that's going to be a good game. That's going to be a good game. Cincinnati seven point favorites, 48, 48 point over under. Now, obviously, we saw C.J. Stroud basically have like the most yards for rookie quarterbacks since like the nineteen seventy merger. He is fourteen touchdowns, one interception, just one interception <laughs> on the season. And quietly, quietly, the Texans' offense, they're third in pass DVOA. Third, the Texans' offense, and their and their running game is like thirty first. So they're not getting any support from the run game, and they're still they're they're still CJ Stroud, a rookie quarterback, is still balling his ass off. Obviously, in Week Nine, he had the highest EPA of any quarterback at like twenty seven point eight or something like that. It, it was crazy, and now he has you know a pretty decent matchup with the Bengals. The Bengals, they're not they're not great, in this, they're not great on defense. They are twenty second in pass yards per game allowed, and they're and then according to Pro Football Focus. Their defense as a whole, they're ranked 26th. So it could be opportunities for CJ Stroud to have some success. But I know today Nico Collins, I, I don't he didn't practice today, I believe. Yeah, and he didn't. He didn't practice today. And out of and I saw a tweet earlier that said out of, you know, a, a team has a obviously a, a team has 53 on their roster. The Texans had 23 players on their injury report. 23. 23 on their injury report. Damian Pierce didn't practice either. So he's he's probably looking like a like a no go this weekend. So that leaves the backfield to Devin Singletary once again. And so basically, they have nobody. They have, and so they'll yeah, <laughs> exactly. They'll, they'll have another uphill climb and making that team one dimensional once again. And so, but Tank Dell, he's been balling. He had he had a, had a couple of touchdowns. Noah Brown had a, had a career game. You'll probably never see that again from him. So I hopefully. On the waiver wire, you guys didn't chase that production because you're going to be pretty much let down if you think that he's going to have over 100 plus yards every single game. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you what do you think of about quick thoughts about the Texans before I move on to the Bengals? Um, the Texans, I, and it's funny because their offense offensive line is still not fully healthy, and I think PFF actually has their offensive line now ranked like 12th. So it's just been amazing that. A rookie quarterback that's been behind the offensive line so far this season that's pretty much hasn't been like a full unit and he's been able to manage and you know get that offense home and, and we didn't think coming into the season that this offense this offense was going to be anything it's actually the offense has has been you know kind of better than the defense the defense has been you know okay secondary has been okay at times but this offense is definitely overperformed for sure and definitely didn't expect CJ Stroud to you know just you know, chew up the league like this. I thought he was going to be, you know, okay, the decent his first year in the league, but this is definitely way over exceeding my expectations about what he's doing and with the weapons that he has. Yeah, I mean, before the season, his 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 receiving core was probably ranked near the bottom of the league. We were expecting him to 
to be a game manager for the most part, lean on Damian Pierce, play action passes, not really throw the ball that much, but they are they're, they they've turned the offense over to CJ Stroud. And they trust him. They trust him to make big throws. They trust him to I mean, to again, to carry the offense. They don't have a run game. Doesn't seem like they're getting one anytime soon with Damian Pierce out and they didn't have one when he, when he was in there. So this 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 is a this is CJ Stroud's team. This is CJ Stroud's team. But on the flip side, on the Bengals side, we we mentioned they're back, right? They're back. They're throwing the ball like crazy. Usually, when they have these crazy pass rates, that means they're going to be winning a lot of games. And they are number one in pass rate over expected over the last five games by a significant margin. <laughs> so, whenever they're you know throwing the ball over the yard, they are putting up a lot of points, and they're probably winning a lot of games. They always start the season the same way. 0-2, slow yep. starts, Joe Burrow looks like looks bad. What's wrong with the Bengals? And then they just turn up, right? That's that's this is what they do. So they'll probably turn all the way up into, you know, division title. Well, although although the Ravens, the Ravens look like the best team in the league. They have the number yeah. one point, they have the number one point differential, blowing teams out, like blowing teams the hell out. So and, that's one and with game. The offense that, and with an offense that doesn't even look like good yet. It's still yeah, the, the offense, it offense, yeah, the offense, yeah, but you know they they've been they 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 put up points though they scored like they scored like thirty points. Yeah. The the yeah. thing is like the the way they scored uh, thirty plus points against the against the Seahawks, it, it was just mostly on the ground. They're not really getting home in the passing game. Zay Flowers had one catch for on two targets. I know Odo Beckham had a cheap touchdown at the end. Uh, yeah, at the end of that game <laughs> with the backups and started backups. celebrating. I think because it was his birthday, so he was he was extra turned up. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, I mean, like the like the Bengals though, like they're just, I mean, they're 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 on a they're on a tear, and that uh, and I actually forgot that the 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 Ravens actually beat the Bengals in Cincinnati earlier this season. Mm-hmm. So they already have a they already have a game they're already a game up on them. Uh, if 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 it comes down to any kind of you know tiebreaker for the division title, um, Joe, but Joe Burrow still you know fully healthy, running around, scrambling. He's a QB six the last two weeks, so he's just you know it's 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 pretty much business as usual for the Bengals. Now, got to keep in mind today we're, we're recording this on a Wednesday night. Jamar Chase didn't practice. T Higgins was limited to a hamstring injury. That's a little concerning because where did it come from? Where the hell did it come from? There was no indications that he was hurt after the game, but eh. mm. hamstring, yeah. injuries are, hamstring injuries are always tricky. So, but the, these are a couple of uh, situations to monitor. But I, I think we kind of figured that after Jamar Chase fell on his back in that, that game against Buffalo, I, I think we, we kind of figured that he was going to practice on Wednesday. So, if he comes, if he returns to practice on Friday, does a little something, he, he's probably playing. I don't know if he's going to practice tomorrow either. So, we'll, we'll, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Next game, Detroit minus two and a half on the road versus the Chargers with a game total of 48 and a half. So, they're expecting a lot of points in this one. David Montgomery is back, y'all. Um, so, the question here is, what is that split going to look like between him and Jameer Gibbs, who's been torching the last couple of weeks and basically this is what we what the people have been waiting for and now you're probably going to be like oh we're we're not going to we're not going to see that again cuz David Montgomery is still solid so what do you think how do you think this is going to go well we we know we're not going to see 
Jameer Gibbs get the majority of the carries because they love they love Montgomery and basically how he was being used. That's how they're going to use him again. Now, Dan Campbell did say that. I mean, he kind of, in in as many words, said that he can't keep Jameer Gibbs off the field as much as he was early in the season because he's done a lot of good things and he's progressed and he's grown. So while it, while, while while I think it's going to be David Montgomery to get most of the carries and obviously he'll still get the goal line work, you'll, you're going to see Jameer Gibbs you know, factor in a little bit more because, I mean, he's the way that he's played, it's just undeniable to keep him off the field. Undeniable. Yeah, yeah. I think – so before David Montgomery got hurt, in the games that they both were playing – you no, know, Jameer only saw maybe I think he saw twenty percent of the of the rush uh, attempts. That would probably I would assume that gets up to percent, just guessing wise, and he's still gonna get probably all of the the passing down work, probably all the two minute offense, if not majority of it. So it still could be you know flourishing for Gibbs, but this definitely can potentially hurt David Montgomery if they don't even use him in the passing game and. This is a running back. Once again, I've said that we've seen him all his through his career in Chicago. He can guess well. Oh, so we'll see. It should be very interesting. On the flip side, Chargers. You know, you got Eckler versus Detroit. Detroit's defense has allowed sixteen point eight fantasy points per game to running backs in the last five, which is fourth best. Fifteen point six for the season, which is second best. So probably you're not going to see. Eckler do the work on the ground. We've seen him, you know, struggle since he's came back from his ankle injury. He has not been able to do anything running wise. It's been, you know, mainly through the passing game. So if he does anything in this game, it's probably going to be during the passing game. And then plus the wide receiver core, as you saw, you know, versus the Jets, it's it, it ain't it. And you can pass on Detroit. So it probably be, be you know, Keenan a bunch of Keenan Allen, a little bit of uh, Everett and you know you you get Eckler in there also and that's probably going to be about it for the passing game I I assume yeah the the, the passing game has, has struggled over the last couple of weeks Josh yeah. Palmer Josh Palmer being being able to stretch the field he's not going to be able to do that since since he's on IR so they had to bring up Jalen Guyton he didn't get he didn't really get much and then Quentin, Quentin Johnson is just giving you nothing get they get, he's giving the Chargers absolutely nothing he's dead last amongst rookie wide receivers in yards per route run. And out of all wide receivers, he's 94th out of 101 qualifying wide receivers. So he's just—he has just been—he—he—he he, he looks, he looks very busterific. But you know, <laughs> you don't want to throw that—you don't want to throw that word out too early. You know, week 10 in his, in his rookie year. But you—you you at least want to see some sort of splash plays or something, right? You want to see something that that will give you some confidence. But two catches, 14 yards, and three targets. And then you know the, the the game against Chicago, people were saying, oh well, maybe he's maybe he's on his way to turning a corner, five catches for fifty yards, and but he, I don't know, man, like they they just need to get more out of Quentin Johnston. That's what they that's 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 honestly like the biggest issue. You know what you're going to get out of Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen's going to be a target monster still. And then Austin Eckler, obviously they he he got a lot of dump offs against the against the Jets, but he dropped three passes. If you watch that game, he dropped a lot of passes. So that offense has just been out of sync, man. So I think this 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 matchup against Detroit, Detroit's defense isn't bad, right? They're 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 not bad. I mean, they they've made it difficult on some on some on some teams, but they they are beatable. They are they are definitely beatable, though. 
And so it's, this could be a, you know, a, a decently, I mean, it's 48 and a half point total. So Vegas thinks they're going to be points scored. Hopefully that's the case. Hopefully that's the case. Next game though. Next game. I got a lot to say about this one. Falcons at Cardinals. Atlanta, they're one and a half point road favorites in Arizona. 42 and a half point total. There's two main storylines in this game. Number one, Kyler Murray's return. Kyler Murray is going to start week 10. And this is great news for Marquise Brown. And so he's got got wide receiver one upside. This year, Marquise Brown's a 27% target share, around 40% of the air yards. Now, in 2022, when they, in the first six weeks, you know, without DeAndre Hopkins, because you remember that first six weeks, everybody's talking about Marquise Brown being a wide receiver one, he averaged 19 fantasy points a game. So he was, he was basically a number one, a number one uh, wide receiver. And, you know, he had games of, you know, four catches, 43 yards and a touchdown, six for 68 on 11 targets, 14 for 140 and 17 targets. Six for 88 and a touchdown on 11 targets, eight for 78 and a touchdown on 10 targets, five for 68 on nine targets. And this is a tweet according to uh, Ian Harditz. But yeah, man, um, he, he's, 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 he's an elite company when it comes to that production. And so that is Kyler Murray coming back is, is going to, you know, it's going to help Marquise Brown. Obviously, Trey McBride, Trey McBride, who's, you know, he had a couple of really, really good weeks. So that helps him as well. Michael Wilson, potentially, should he heal from that shoulder injury? I, I, I would love to see how Kyler Murray fares with Michael Wilson, a big, tall receiver, because he's been used to throwing the midgets and, and small receivers. Now, obviously, due to DeAndre Hopkins, he's not a midget by any stretch. But, but you know, Rondell Moore and Marquise Brown aren't big guys. And so, yeah, I, I, like, to, I like to see, you know, these, these wide receivers – you know, flourish with Kyler Murray coming back. What do you think about Kyler before I get to the Falcons? Yeah, I'm excited to see what Kyler does, you know, coming back. It should be, uh, it should look better than what they saw last week with the, with Clayton Toon. And also made sense that, I mean, they said that, that Kyler could have played last week, but you don't want his first game to be versus Cleveland because he would have just been destroyed. They didn't have a chance in that game. So, you know, let him come back at home in front of the home fans. Uh, against a team that you know is pretty evenly matched with, so it made pr- perfect sense. I'm expecting him to you know pretty much look the same, but I mean that's me being best case scenario. We'll see because it's been it's been a while since we've seen him, so uh, I expect this offense to look at least look better. And maybe you might see you no know, our uh, McBride you know get busy since since you no know, Titans is. A position that he did throw to a lot last year. You saw Zach Ertz eat with Kyler last year, so maybe this will, tra- you know, carry over with Trey McBride. All right, so on to the Falcon <laughs> side, and I would be remiss if we did not address the elephant in the room. That is Arthur Smith versus B. John Robinson. Why? And the reason I say versus because he's preventing him from flourishing by not <laughs> playing him in advantageous spots, like throughout the season. Bijan Robinson has shown from the, his first carry that he's a that he's better than than, than Tyler Algier, as as evidence as you know Bijan Robinson's five yards per carry versus Tyler Algier's three point two. Tyler, you know Bijan Robinson has a better EPA per rush, a better rush yards over expected per rush, and a better success rate. A full yard, a full yard over expected per carry. 
Tyler Algier is at a negative point four. Like, what what is what is Arthur Smith doing? Like this last game, Tyler Algier had twelve carries to Bijan's eleven. I, it it just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense to me because, and then and then not and on top of that, the inside the ten and then and the inside the five usage. Bijan Robinson on the season has two carries, two, two carries inside the ten yard line, two, and when you get to inside the five, Bijan Robinson has one versus Tyler Algiers eight. What are we doing, bruh? What are, what are we doing? What are we do? You 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 spend in a, a top eight pick on a running back, and you don't use him the way that he should be used. You just you, I, I I don't I don't know what else to make it. Like we can compl- like we've complained about Kyle Pitts. We know that we've accepted. I think at this point we've accepted that that's not changing. That is that is going to remain whatever it is. But with Bijan and Tyler Algier, if it doesn't change, like you you have to he, he needs to be in jail. Arthur Smith needs to be in jail for, for this criminal misuse of your top pick in this past year's draft. Like, what what else can we say about this situation? Like, what what like I'm I, I'm out of answers. I, I I don't get it. I don't get it. What's going on? I couldn't tell you, man. I think you put it pretty clear about the um, egregious usage. I was. I I was glad you brought up the the inside the five because I was about to say the same thing. Like, I I don't know, man. I I don't know. It's like he's pun. It's like he's punishing the people, the people that specifically the people that play fantasy. He's like, hey, look, I'm about to fuck with y'all. Look what I can do, and doing it in real time and costing his team games. But why though? Why? I don't know. Man. Like, 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 why? And then, you know, today there was a video that came out. There was a five minute explanation of why he's not being used in the red zone. It was just a bunch of nothing. It was just a word salad. It was a word salad. Like (laughs) it was, I started listening to it and and, and in two and a half minutes in, I just, I I tuned it out and I just, I I clicked to something else because it was just, it was a, it was a useless explanation, but we, we, this is a great matchup in any event. We say we say all that to say this is a great matchup for the for the Falcons backfield. And if this is a week that Bijan Robinson can have one of those ceiling weeks, it's this one against the Cardinals, who have been bad against running backs. They are a bottom they are a bottom five at defending running backs in fantasy. And so if there if there's a guy that can get loose, it's Bijan Robinson. It's Bijan Robinson. And you know what? Algier can get there as well, but we want it to be Bijan so bad because he's it's he's due he's long overdue. He only has one rushing touchdown so far in, in 2023. Yeah, I it, it just it, it just has to change, man. Like something's got to give. This is this is a this is a matchup to where hopefully we can see Bijan Robinson get that ceiling game. And you know what? They have a favorable schedule moving forward. Like it's the fantasy playoffs, they have a they have a nice. Really nice schedule. I think week seventeen they play the Bears, and that's a really good matchup for running backs. Mm-hmm. And so they are they are set up. Now now we just need Arthur Smith to cooperate, and we are going to be off and running. Good luck with that, with the cooperation. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so real quick, I want to touch on the Washington Seattle game. Seattle's favored by six six points, forty five and a half over under, and. Seattle's offenses looked really bad, 
Geno Smith is turned back into a pumpkin. The whole uh, I didn't write back. Well, it looks like somebody did because um, nine touchdowns, seven interceptions is it's not a good look when you have Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, JSN as your your wide receiver options, and you can't get them the ball. Second highest turnover worthy play percentage in the league. We got DK Metcalf, who's wide receiver 46 for the season. Like, come on, bro. Like, this doesn't make any sense. I think Tyler Lockett's outside the top 36, a wide receiver also. So just this offense is pissed. It just hasn't been good, man. Just this is not good at all. Do you have any thoughts about Seattle versus this Washington team who should? This is a get right spot. The Seattle, this Washington defense is not good. They got rid of their, their best two pass rushers. And we've already seen their secondary's food. So this should be a get right spot. But again, you you never know. You got Geno Smith playing playing like he's playing. You never know. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah, like we, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that Geno Smith isn't getting away with it anymore. And in the offseason, what do we talk about? We talked about Geno Smith being second in turnover worthy plays, right? His he's got the second highest turnover worthy play percentage in 2023. So that that variance is you know that that variance is is hitting him and it's hitting him hard seven interceptions already 11 all of last year he's not he's not um he's not seeing the field greatly and he has really really good wide receivers to throw to it's just there's just a lot to be desired with this play right now and you know i i I don't know man it's it's tough sledding it's tough sledding over like the last three games he has or actually over the last four games he has six interceptions, four touchdowns, six interceptions. Pretty mediocre since the bye week. It's pretty mediocre since the bye week. Four touchdowns, six picks. But like we've mentioned, if there is a spot to get right, it's this one against the Commanders. And I mentioned him on the on the waiver show as a as one of my top streamers. They've give they 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 uh, they hemorrhage QB production on a weekly basis. And even even Mac Jones, I mean, he was a QB sixteen. He was damn near a QB one if he had a couple of uh, of good throws here and there that didn't bounce off of uh, his own wide receiver's hands. So there, that could have been a different story. But but yeah, I, I think Geno Smith should probably be you know ranked. If we were ranking, he should probably be ranked as a top twelve quarterback at the very at the very worst going into week ten. Yeah, I agree with that, especially with. You know, playing this Washington defense that allows 22.6 fantasy points per game in the last five games to quarterbacks, which is, I believe, number two. And then, again, Washington is still the best matchup for fantasy quarterbacks. So if Geno can't do it here, then you probably shouldn't play him again this season. <laughs> yeah, this is, <laughs> this he, is it. Yeah, this schedule is not going to get that. It's not going to get that much better. I, I'll I'll tell you that right now. But we're we're concerned about Geno Smith. We're also concerned about Kenneth Walker. What's what the hell is going on with Kenneth Walker? Like the last couple of weeks, he's had hits. he's had like single digit carries. He's barely playing. Now I think today he didn't either. He didn't practice or he was limited in practice. I think that I think that calf must that calf injury is still bothering him. And so I know he was on the injury report for for a while for that you know due to that calf injury. Oh no, he has a chest injury. He didn't practice today due to a chest injury. So it's one thing after the other, man. It was the calf. Now it's a chest injury, and Zach Charbonnet is starting to eat into his his workload a little bit, especially on third downs. You know the two minute drill stuff. 
inside, you know, inside the five, long down and distance, you name it. Like he is starting to eat into Kenneth Walker's, you know, usage and workload. So it's it's kind of concerning. A bunch of things. Not sure what to make of it. I mean, can can you contribute? You know, attribute it to Pete, Pete Carroll having a lot more confidence than normal with 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 or in Zach Charbonnet or injury, a combination of both. Like, what do you what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Just the last two weeks, you see Charbonnet is leading in snaps, but Kenneth Walker is still getting the majority of the 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 rush attempts. Zach Charbonnet is leading in routes ran, but Kenneth Walker is leading in targets. I don't know. Even like the short down and distance, um, Zach Charbonnet is leading in that. Neither of them are getting inside the five carries, and then Zach Charbonnet is getting all the two minute offense and long down and distance the last two weeks. But it hasn't it hasn't led into any fantasy points. So I, mean, I don't I don't know what they're doing honestly. I don't know what's going on. Maybe maybe is. There's more to 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 the meets their eye in terms of this injury, so I I don't know. I you might have to just not play either of them unless you get some some clear news about Kenneth Walker playing and he's getting back to his workload before these last two weeks. All right, so on to matchups. There, I mean, we we mentioned we mentioned Geno Smith and 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 Washington versus Washington and then the Falcons versus the Cardinals, but one matchup I want to pinpoint. Rookie Will Levis has the Buccaneers. So in, his, in Will Levis's first two NFL starts, A dots through the roof, 11.8, 10.8. And Tampa Bay, they've been, they've been just getting, you know, ripped up. They've been giving up top QB performances all season, especially since the bye. First, first game out of the bye, they gave 353 yards to Jared Goff. But from week, from week six through nine, They've given up the most yards, most passing yards, and the most yards per attempt. And obviously, I mean, that wasn't even that was even before CJ Shroud ended up going ham. They were actually pretty you know, they were actually pretty bad before that. Buffalo just had their way with them. Obviously, I mentioned Detroit had their way with them. And so there's there's there, there's a lot of communication problems in that Tampa Bay secondary. They are just not playing well at all. But you know, Will Levis, I know Tennessee's wide receiver core is, you know, is up in the year. Traylon Burks had had that injury on Thursday night against Pittsburgh, so he's probably not going to play. But they're just letting any, anyone have success um, against that team. So I, I think DeAndre Hopkins, he has a great matchup himself. You know, we, hopefully they can get, you know, Chega Conquo involved up the seams. And then you may even have a little Nick Westbrook Akine getting downfield on him. <laughs> But no, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think I think Will Levis is, is, has has a pretty good matchup against the Buccaneers in Week Ten. I definitely agree with that. It it should be interesting to see if if they let him let it loose versus this team because, like you said, they've been they've been giving up the cheeks, you know, every week since that bye for sure. All right, so unfavorable matchups. We got Kenny Pickett versus the Green Bay defense. Green Bay defense has allowed 11.6 fantasy points per game the last five games to quarterbacks, which is second best. I don't I know Pittsburgh's playing at home, I believe, but even still, I don't I don't think I want to trust him versus this this defense right now. We've seen Green Bay definitely put the clamps down on teams because of you know the poor play that they've been getting from their quarterback positions uh in terms of trying to keep games close. So 
I would find somebody else if you had to play Kenny Pickett. If you had to play Kenny Pickett, then oof. all right. Then the, the last matchup I want to talk about is David Njoku versus Baltimore. Baltimore ha- uh, gives Njoku the seventh worst matchup per PFF this week. We've seen Baltimore give up only 5.8 fantasy points to tight ends for the season, which is by far the, the least amount of fantasy points. So I wouldn't even bother here. We've seen this Baltimore defense put the clamps on everybody. Pretty much everybody this year has been nasty playing against them. So Try to find another spot if you have to. I'm not sure if you're going to see a, a good Deshaun game like you did last week. That surprisingly, the only two games that he's played good as at home versus really, really bad defenses. So I would look elsewhere for another player. All right. So, of course, we got in the show talking about another disgusting Thursday night football game. This week, we got Carolina at Chicago. Minus four, 39 game total. We've already gotten the news that Justin Fields is not playing, so we're going to see another week of of badging. So Carolina, I mean, Bryce Young has been really struggling. QB 26 for the season. We just saw him last week through, through three interceptions. Two of them went for pick sixes. To the same player. Yeah, to the same player, man. And, and it's funny – I think that player was also ranked number one per PFF grade for the week in terms of all defenders, so or all players, period. I think so. You know, he probably said thank you for, you know, for the shout out there for those two picks that you gave him to the end zone. So Bryce Young for quarterbacks that have had at least a hundred attempts this season. That's thirty three quarterbacks. He has the lowest depth, uh, deep throw percentage, which is throws over fifteen yards. Second lowest a dot at. I believe it was at 5.6. And then he's ninth in, but he's ninth in dropbacks under pressure. So he's getting pressured a little bit, but it's just, it's just not working out for him, man. It just looks bad, man. It just, I don't know if at this point, if it's the play calling or is it a mix of both? I know his O line's not really, he hasn't been that good protecting him wise. We know his, his, his options in terms of throwing the ball to or, are not, or bottom, probably bottom five in the league. I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's been a big mess. You thought Frank Wright was going to get this get get this right before the season. It just is it, not looking right at all. The thing is, is like the week before he outplayed CJ Stroud, right? Yeah. He made, he was making some really really good throws off you know off platform and you know throwing th- throwing a lot of dimes down the field. But there's just there's just a lot of variance between you know for, on, on a week to week basis. You can't really get you know, a, you know, a semblance of consistency from, from this offense and from, from Bryce Young this year. Now it's, it's, it's going to be a little unfair for the comparisons because you have the, the, you know, the quarterback that was taken one spot after him setting the world on fire. Right. So there's always going to be that comparison and there's always going to be that expectation that, Hey, you should, you should be, you should be the number one pick. You should be the guy that, that, um, you know that that we should have picked, and you need to be playing like it. And he's not playing like it, so that's just going to create a lot more pressure for him. And so he, had, you know, out of the Panthers' wide receivers, it's Adam Thielen and nobody else, right? It's nobody mm-hmm. else that's really Adam Thielen has like a you know close to like a thirty plus percent target share, and John Domingo hasn't quite lived up. Although he was starting to kind of trend up a little bit over the last couple of weeks before last week's dud, DJ Chark has been in and out of the lineup because of an injury, and he was actually. Listed as doubtful going into this Thursday night game, so he's going to miss. 
And so they're gonna need they're gonna need another wide receiver to step up because you know even even the run game the run game isn't great. But although the one pot a positive in the run game is is Chupa Hubbard, he's basically taking over the backfield the last couple of weeks since the bye week. Seventy percent of the rushes, fifty percent of the routes, hundred percent of the two minute offense, target share north of twelve percent. Uh, he's getting you know fifty percent of the, the carries inside the five. I think this last game against the Colts, he had 20 touches to Miles Sanders, like two or three. And so he is completely dominating that backfield. And that's the players that you want to start on this team. It's Adam Thielen. It's probably Chuba Hubbard as a flex. And that's about it. That's about it. Yeah, that is is definitely it. That's where it stops. But the good thing for Chuba in this matchup, Chicago allows the six most fantasy points per game to running backs. But the fourth lowest rush yards per game. So if you're gonna if Chuba is gonna get you there, it's probably getting in the, in the pass game because Chicago allows the most receiving yards, two running backs per game. And then Bryson has targeted running backs at 19% so far this this season. So it, it could it could bode well for for Chuba probably in the passing game. And hopefully if they get close enough in the end zone that he's the guy that 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 carries the ball through. And just real quick on the Chicago side, it's really not much to cover here. Ty- Tyson Bajan, another start. Got to downgrade the pass catchers across the board. Outside of Cole Komet. Cole Komet has actually looked good over the last couple of weeks. 18 targets over the last two games. 27% target share. A couple touchdowns last week against the Saints. Eight catches did against the against the Chargers the, 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 the game before. Did so you he, see that first touchdown catch that he had in that in that game? It was it was and it was off of a, like a bad throw too. It was like a, a throw yeah. that you had no business making. But he Cole Komet bailed him out on that one. That was a really really good play by Cole Komet in the end zone. Man, that was that was a nice a nice one a nice one. But but yeah, I mean honestly, like the rushing game, they're getting Khalil Herbert back. Deontay Foreman had a lot had had a lot of carries in his last game, so it's probably going to be a split backfield between you know Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman. Roshan Johnson just has not been has not looked the same since that concussion. He had a, he had an opportunity earlier in the season to, you know, because he was starting to play a little bit more, and then it got sustained sustained the concussion and took him a couple of weeks to get back from that concussion. So it was it was a severe one, and ever since he's been back, he just hasn't been the same guy. Right, he just hasn't hasn't gotten that much opportunity, and when he's got an opportunity, he hasn't looked good at all with the you know with the ball in his hands, and so not much here. Obviously, DJ Moore is his ceiling is is significantly capped, and he cannot wait to have Justin Justin Fields back into the lineup. I think Justin Fields is probably another week or a week or so away from returning. He practices in limited capacity this week. I think it re- actually he returned to practice last week and yeah. was practicing a little bit more this week. But he's listed as listed as doubtful, so he's not going to play this week. But in week eleven, I think we should probably see the return of Justin Fields and. And you know if you're, you know if you're a contending team in fantasy, if you're six and three, seven and two, I'd send out a couple of offers for DJ Moore. I'd send out a couple of offers for Justin Fields. See if that you know the the fantasy manager would you know come up off of any of them because maybe yeah. they'll 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 have some uh, they'll they'll recreate some of that magic that they had early in the season. Do you think Tyson Badger has been been? I think he's been okay for somebody that's just you know coming from second division. Football and you you just throw into the wolves. College, yeah. I think he hasn't he hasn't been bad at all. Honestly, um, I've been, I've been pretty pretty surprised, and especially that Saints game. He had the he had that offense moving, 
you know, pretty regularly in that first half of that game. So I've been pretty, I've been kind of impressed with what, what he's done with this offense. Yeah, he, he had five turnovers. Let, let's. let's <laughs> <laughs> he, had, he, had, he had three interceptions and two fumbles. Let's. Yeah. Okay. 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 You know. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 Without, yeah, yeah. without, without <laughs> the turnovers, he played fantastic. Yeah. Er- erase the five mistakes. He looked. He looked excellent. But yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You. You got me. Yeah. There's a reason. There's a reason why he's. You know. He in, in the position that he's been. And, but um, you know. Yeah, but but I I'll agree with you a little bit from the standpoint of like you know. They were actually moving the ball up and down the field, right? They were. Yeah. Yeah. And the Saints only scored 24 points. So that, I mean, that it's really an indictment on the Saints offense that how, how, you know, they, they allowed the Bears to hang around despite t- having five takeaways. And so, um, but yeah, no, Tyson Bajan, he, he's, he's been, he's been decent and, you know, he's been giving you some, 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 uh, some fantasy usage on, on the ground. Definitely. Cause I think he, I think in the first half in that Saints game, he had like 60 yards rushing. Yeah, he was he was he was getting down. He was he was doing some things. Yeah. All right, y'all. We're at the end of the show. Appreciate y'all been listening to us. I know one thing we want to make sure that we do this week is we're going to we're going to post a three pick on underdog. Me and Ike both will have three picks for this for these slate of games. It should be a good slate of games to to pick from. So hopefully we can put some picks out there and hopefully something hits. So. We we promise so, we promise to post them. We've been saying yes. we're gonna post them, so we, our apologies. You know, the, things things happen on Sunday morning. We're trying to put some last second bets in. And we forget. But this this week, we promise we promise we will send out our, our our three pick slip and feel free to tail it, feel free to fade us, or do whatever you want to do with it. But we will we will each have our own underdog slip and we will send it out before the game start on Sunday. All right, so make sure y'all tap in with DestinationDevy.com where we have sit-start sit articles. We have the last-minute injury pods that come out. We have, you know, Scott Connor with his tectonic transactions where he tries to, you know, help you trying to maneuver maneuver trades and get your rosters, you know, ready for the playoffs. We got Dynasty waiver wires. We got redraft waiver wire with Ike on Monday. So we a lot of things that drop on every day of the week. And lastly, don't forget to tap into that to that Trinity tool that that Ray and and JB you know came up with, and it's a really good way for you to you know try to find some sneaky value in terms of wide receivers that people might not think are on the up and up, but I think it's a really good way to you know find some hidden gems, find players that are that are producing, find players that are overperforming that you can probably sell at a decent price, and players that might be not performing as well that you might be able to buy low on. So make sure you tap into all those things. Ike, you got anything before we get up out of here? No, we just uh, appreciate y'all tuning in, and you know, hopefully you guys can get some dubs in Week 10. This is a very critical stretch of the fantasy season. Just about a month left in the, re- in the fantasy regular season, which is crazy to say right now. I mean, we're already 10 weeks in, like I mentioned from the outset but yeah good luck to you guys in week 10 yeah so on that note make sure y'all are you know making those moves in your in your teams to get ready for the playoff run and we will holler at y'all next week peace